All of us want to be the best version of ourselves, but often things get in the way. We can get in our own way. Knowing what our best looks like is one of the biggest struggles of being the best of you. So as Chris mentioned yesterday, uh, we gathered um, as a church with friends and with Paul's family and celebrated Paul's life. And I was thinking about it this week. There, there's something sobering um, about funerals. There's something sobering that happens as family and friends gather together to share stories, um, to, to share reminders of things. Um, it, it, you sit there and you start to think, what are people gonna say at my funeral? What stories are people gonna share at my funeral? How many people will show up at my funeral? Um, will, will, they, will they care about you know, all of the accomplishments that I had in my life? Will they sit there and talk about all the awards and promotions that I got? Or will they sit there and talk about trips and vacations and, and what they felt about us? And so there's something sobering that happens at, at, at funerals. And, and it's this reminder that our life simply becomes the sum total of all the choices we've made. Our life, at the end of it all, simply becomes just the daily decisions that we made along the way as they stack up. And if you think about it, if you think about your life, there are moments that you wish you could go back and, and redo. There's conversations you wish that you, instead of turning right here, you wish you would have gone left. Maybe you can look back and think, you know what? I really should have listened to my parents. I really should have listened to that teacher. I wish I would have paid attention to that feeling in my gut, that feeling I just couldn't explain, but I wish I would have listened. And what happens then as we look back, we, we can't go back, but, but what we can do, and I think it's timely, I, I think as we're going through the book of James, just in God's providence that, you know, as we gathered as a church to celebrate Paul's life. We're in James 4 today and talking about how our life will not last forever. And as I thought about that this past week, I thought, man, God obviously wants us to pay attention because it's easy to think I have lots of tomorrows. It's easy to think, you know what? I have tons of years left. It's easy to think I'll be able to get that back. But as we move forward then, as we can't go back to change that, you can't go back and redo that conversation or decision. We have to ask, how do we actually make the most of our days? How do we make sure that we get to the end of our life with as few regrets as possible? How do we make sure that we don't miss the opportunities that God has? See, and this gets into how we make decisions. This gets into this, this question that, the Christians often pose, you know, what is God's will for my life? And people have different opinions when it comes to God's will. Like some of us wonder, like, does God care about the decisions I make? Some of it, maybe you're sitting here and you think, does God care what major I have? Does God care what school I go to? Does God care who I marry? Does God care where I work? Does God care about those, those big decisions or little decisions in my life? Does God even, does he care? Is he worried about them? You don't want to ask God for wisdom? Does he just think, well, just figure it out. Like, you'll figure it out. Anything is fine. Does God think that? Some of us see God's will as this treasure map, right, that we're out searching for. We're just trying to find. It's like this hidden thing that a few people find. But the thing is, as you read through Scripture, 
is that God is really clear on what it is we're supposed to do. Like all over scripture, God tells us what it is we're supposed to fill our days with. The relationships we're supposed to have, the intentionality that we're supposed to have. He tells us how we're supposed to have, you know, integrity in relationships or how we're supposed to do marriage or finances. And in that then, we find God's will. But James wants us to see that most of us miss God's will for some specific reasons as we're gonna see, but we also waste our days that God has given to us. And too many of us just waste our lives and miss what God has for us. And so today, what James is gonna show us in James 4 is two things that are negatives in how we respond to God's will in making decisions and one positive. Okay, but here's where we're headed today. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. That being the best of you means making the most of your days. Being the best of you means making the most of our days. Now, I want you to, as you look at this for a second, just evaluate your life right now. Would you say that you make the most of your days? Do you get to the end of your day and ever think, what did I even do today? Like, I know I did stuff. Like, I know I went places. I know I sat in meetings. I know I responded to emails. But like, what did I even do today? Like, and did I do anything? Like, did I do anything of value? I mean, there are days, there are days where we need to do absolutely nothing and like just sit back and let the world pass by. And, and those are great days. Those are great days. I was talking to a friend yesterday and, he, and I said, hey, he was telling me, you know, about his, about his day. They have little kids and he's like, my daughter took a four hour nap. And I was like, I would love a four hour nap. <laughs> but as you think about it, do you make the most of your days? Most of us, we look back and we go, I don't know that I make the most of my days. I make decisions that make, that make my life easier, that make my life more comfortable. You know, if you're a parent, you've had this, this feeling where like you just want your kids to get into bed. And what do they do? They have 59 questions. They have a bazillion things they want to talk about. And you just think, I just, I just, want, I just want a moment. <laughs> but then after that moment, as we reflect on that, if we missed it, we go, oh, did I miss that? Some of us have had moments where friends have reached out to us or asked for help and we didn't respond and we look back and we go, oh, did I miss that? All of us have had moments where we felt like something in our spirit that we were supposed to go and talk to that person or do something or take this chance or, or jump into this opportunity and we didn't and we look back and go, did I miss that? And this, this fear of missing it, I think carries for a lot of us. And so James wants us to ask, do we make the most of our days? Or do we just waste them scrolling through social media, waste them on relationships that, that really don't go anywhere or opportunities that really don't matter to God? And so today is more of an evaluation for us. My hope today is for us to step back and say, do, do I make the most of my days? So that when you and I get to the end of our life, we look back and say, I left everything on the field of life. I gave everything I had to the things God called me to, to the best of my ability. Yeah, I missed it. I messed up. I'm, I'm not perfect at all, but I gave everything that I had. Imagine if that's what's said at the end of our lives. And so James tells us, he says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, 
We will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, you will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So it is a sin to know the good and yet not do it. And so at first, it seems like that James might be against making plans in life. But I don't think James is against making plans. In fact, if you, if you read through the book of Proverbs, what you'll see is that God thinks there's a lot of wisdom in plans. The problem is, is the first negative response to God's will is that most of us very easily make plans without God. We make plans apart from God. A lot of times we just go, well, you know, I think this is a good idea or I'd like to do this. And then we say, God, if you could just get behind this idea, you know, if you could just, you know, bless this idea, right? Many of us, when it comes to God's will, we don't want God to give us a blank sheet of paper. You know, we would like to give God a whole filled out sheet of paper and just say, if you could just sign at the bottom and accept this, that's how many of us feel. But James says, don't, don't make plans apart from God because you don't know what tomorrow holds. And you don't even know, here's the thing, you don't even know if the plan you have or the thing you want is actually a good gift from God. You just know that you'd like it. Like one of the things I've seen in my life, especially when we talk about like open doors or closed doors that God has, many times people say, well, you know, God closed that door. You know, I don't know why God closed that door. One of the things that I have seen repeatedly in my life is that when God closes a door, it is often his protection for me. Of God saying, that's not actually for you. That opportunity is not for you. Maybe you aren't ready for it. Maybe that opportunity will never come, but that's not for you. And many times God's closed door for us is that protection. And many of us, I mean, just think about the, the plans you had for your life. Did they all come true? Did you make plans apart from God? It's easy to, it's really easy to do. It's easy to say, this is what's gonna happen. This is what my year's going to look like. This is what my family's going to look like. But here's the danger of it, especially like as you get older, here's like the real danger of life, okay? Something happens as you read different books about life stages and stuff. Something happens between 38 and 42 where people go, okay, I went after everything I thought I wanted and now I'm not sure that I went after the right stuff. And so there is a real danger. There is a real danger, James says, if we make decisions apart from God. Now, some of us, like I said earlier, some, some of you wonder, I don't know that God cares about the details of my life. But God does. He actually does care about the details of your life. He has given you passions and interests. He has put things, woven things into your story that are for you to bring you life, to do the most with your life. See, in another way that we do this, another way we make plans apart from God is that we ignore, we, what we ignore with God is we think we know how many, how many tomorrows we're gonna have. We think we know what will happen tomorrow. Right, I, I do this all the time. I, I replay conversations in my mind, not only that I've had, but conversations I'm going to have. Like I replay, like if I do this, this will happen. If this happens, this will happen. I, I think through all of these different scenarios, like I know what tomorrow will bring. And some of us have to confess that we think we know what will happen tomorrow and we think we know how many tomorrows we have. 
and we don't. Like one of the most sobering verses in the Bible is verse 14 in this chapter, where James says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Like what a depressing idea. A vapor, like a fog that is just gone. <laughs> that, that's how long our life is. In the grand scheme of God's universe. Now I know, I know you're a big deal. I know you are. You're a big deal in your world. I'm a big deal in my world. But the reality is, in four, maybe five generations, there's gonna be almost no one that knows your name. Many of us will live our lives and we will die and be forgotten as the generations go on. And James wants us to step back and say, okay, because that's true, what do I do with, with the vapor that is my life? What do I do before it disappears? And this is where it gets really hard because we sit there and we go, I am doing a whole bunch of things that really just don't matter. I'm spending my time worrying about things that really just don't make a difference. I'm sitting in meetings that I shouldn't be in that shouldn't even be emails. Like they're just, they shouldn't even be an email. That's how bad this meeting is. And James says, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. I mean, think about your life right now. Did you really think that your life would be where it is today? Did you think you would have the family that you have today? The career that you have? There's a good chance that you had very different plans than what you have right now. There's a good chance 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, you thought, you know what, this is where my life is gonna be. And you're not even anywhere close to that. And James says, so as we make plans and as we move forward and make decisions, hold them kind of looser <laughs> than you do. Don't say tomorrow I'm gonna go here and make this because you don't know what the market will be. You don't know that things will actually work. You don't know if that com company opportunity will play out. You just don't know. There's so many factors outside of your control that you actually have no idea if it will work. But we, we move through life with this unbelievable confidence in our ability to make things work. And James says, but you're not actually in charge of the universe. <laughs> you will just be a vapor. It's amazing to me when you read in the Old Testament, one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite verses of the Old Testament is at the end of Moses' life. So you just think like Moses, okay? So if you've seen the, you know, the Prince of Egypt movie, the Ten Commandments, like that's who Moses is. The book of Exodus, you know, he leads the people of Israel out of Egypt. This monster leader, okay? Does incredible things. Okay? Leads millions of people out of Egypt. At the end of Deuteronomy, it says, and Moses died and Joshua took his place. I, and I read that and I think, okay, he did like way more than I did. <laughs> and that's what he got. And so this is this, it's this reminder for us 
that we are here for such a short amount of time and do not waste it. This is why the psalmist says in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. See, most of us do not live with the reality that our days are numbered until it gets to be too late. We wait until we sit at a funeral. We wait until the test results come back and then we realize our days are numbered. Right, there's a book that came out recently it said, if you live to be 80 years old with leap years and everything, you'll get about 4,000 weeks, which sounds like a lot. But then I started to do the math and I thought, okay, if I live to 80, I'm, I'm past 2,000. I'm 43. All of a sudden you start to go, there's, there's not a lot left. I was thinking about this a lot this past year because I, I came across this in an article that I thought was really helpful. I want you to think for a moment about, about time with, with relationships, whether it's with kids or parents or siblings or friends, and think about how often you see them, okay, how much time you spend together. Because a lot of times we think about this idea of like the number of like trips we'll take with somebody, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to see, you know, go visit this person. But the, the writer of this article said this, it was really helpful. He said, if you see your parents or you see friends for three days, and you do that twice a year, okay? So that's six days. He said, you take those six days, and he said, let's say that that parent lives for five years or 10 years. He said, now, as we think about it, you'll see that person for 30 days. They live for five years. And I sat back and I thought, okay, am I giving the right amount of time to my most important relationships? Think about things you enjoy, hobbies. How many times you thought, you know what, like, I really, really want to like get out fishing, you know, more often than what I'm doing. I really want to get out snowboarding more or hiking. Like I'd really like love to do a cooking class someday or I'd love to like learn how to do this hobby. Did you ever think that? I remember this past year, because of, because of this, um, one of the things I decided to do this past year was to chaperone our kids' ski club at school, which is super fun to hang out with a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers and um, it, ski together with them. But I was sitting there this past Friday on the chairlift with our, one of our sons. And I just sat there and I thought, this is, what I'm, this is what I'm supposed to fill my days with, like the most important relationships. But what it is, and, and this is the evaluation part that we don't often like, is that not every moment, not every option, and not every person is in your life is an equal relationship or opportunity. But our problem is, is we miss the right relationships and the right opportunities because we think they all have same, and they're not. And so James says, step back. Do you make plans accordingly? See, because being the best of you means making the most of your days. 
another way to think about this, <clears throat> one of the things we talked a lot about at our church, one of my biggest hopes for our church is around this idea of how we raise up the faith of the next generation. Like as you think about our world, the complexity of our world, the complications of what elementary school, middle school, high school, college age students, what they're, what they're facing when it comes to how they navigate their faith in this world. And so if you're not a student, one of the most important things that you can do to, to make the most of your days is to walk alongside of a group of students and help them to become all that God has called and created them to be. And like, as I've talked to, you know, as we're moving into this new season, as a church in this new chapter, as we've talked more and more about this, you know, one of the things I love is, you know, I'll have people say, well, you know, I'd love to do that, but like, I don't know if they want to talk to me. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm like 70, Josh. Like, I don't know that they want to hang out with me. I'm not cool. Like, I don't have like a guitar and like a cool car. Um, I don't even have hair, you know, people have told me. It was interesting because a couple months ago when we started to talk more and more about this, one of the comments that I said was that teenagers will gravitate towards the oldest person that will take them seriously. That afternoon, after saying that, that afternoon we had a house full of teenagers at our house. And do you know what they said? As we stood in our kitchen and they were talking about the sermon, they all said, Josh, you're right. One of the greatest things that you can do to fill your days is to walk alongside of somebody that you are more spiritually mature than, to disciple them, to walk with them, to, to help them navigate life. You wanna have value in your life? You wanna get to the end of your life and, and see that relationships that you have poured into the right relationships, walk with people and help them become all that God has called and created them to be. And, and in our church, because of the age of our church, like there's so, many, there's so many of you sitting here that you have so much life wisdom, so much spiritual maturity, that you're not passing it to anybody. <laughs> and we need you to. Our kids and students need you to. And, and here's the thing, you need to do that too <laughs> because it brings so much life to you. Because here's the thing about figuring out God's will. When Jesus went back to heaven at the end of Matthew and he says, go into all the world and make disciples, if God's will for your life does not involve making disciples, you have not figured out God's will for your life like at all. So if somehow God's plan for your life does not involve you at all being discipled by somebody or making a disciple, that is not God's plan for your life. It might be a great plan. It might be a good plan, but that is not God's best for your life. And I can tell you from having those mentoring type relationships that I've mentored in or been mentored in, I've never gotten to the end of that day and thought, man, I wonder if I made the most of my day. I wonder if I made the most of my day. See, this is why for our church, our mission is to help people take their next step with God because we believe that the plans God has for us are way better than ours, more fulfilling than ours, and we want people to get all that God has for them. That's our goal, that's why we exist. And we do that through relationships. Okay, it was a little bit of a soapbox, so I'm gonna get back to, to this. But here's, uh, like, and I'll tell you why this matters so much to me, is, like, I have watched, I can't speak so much for women, but I have watched so many men waste their life. 
Like I've watched so many men just waste their life. And the most heartbreaking thing is to watch somebody do that. And, and it's so easy to do. It's so easy to make plans apart from God. It's so easy to do that. It's so easy to fill our days with things that don't really matter. It's really easy to chase after the things we think we actually want, but really don't want. And so the first way we ignore what God has for us, the first way we make decisions apart from God is we make plans apart from God. The second way is we put ourselves above God. This is actually just as easy to do as making plans apart from God. But we don't think about it as often because we don't like to think that we put ourselves above God, but we do this all the time. Look at what James says in verse 15. He says, instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. See, it's really easy for us to put ourselves above God because when we feel like God is telling us to do something, when we read something in the Bible or we sit in community group and we feel like, okay, this, this is God speaking to me. When we don't do that, that is putting ourselves above God. And this is easy to do. This is easy when we read the Bible and go, well, that's probably not for me. Like, let me tell you why that verse doesn't apply to my situation. Or, you know, when somebody says, hey, like, this is like God's design for relationships. And we're like, yeah, but my story's different. Like, we're, we're in love. So, like, we don't really need to listen to what God has to say, you know, about sex outside of marriage because we're in love. Or, you know, I really don't need to be generous, you know, because, like, I got to take care of myself. And it's easy for us to say, you know, well, that, that verse is for other people. I remember hearing a pastor say years ago, he said, you know, when Jesus talked to the rich young ruler in the gospels and, and the rich young ruler said, hey, like, what do I need to do for eternal life? Jesus said, you need to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And this pastor said, listen, he said, I don't think everybody needs to sell everything they have and give it to the poor. He said, but there might be one of you who needs to because Jesus told at least one person that. So there's a chance as we read through scripture and we see things and as the spirit speaks to us, there's a chance that when you feel that, that's probably for you. But when we say, I don't think that's for me or you know, this isn't the right time or I'm not ready for that, God, we put ourselves above God and we're like, I know my plans. And they're a good plan, they're, they're a great plan. So God, if you can sign on the dotted line and like approve this plan. And it's easy for us to put ourselves above God. I've done this. I mean, you have too. One of the ways we do this is we make plans and then we ask God to bless them after the fact or not at all. Like how many times have you decided, hey, I'm gonna talk to this person. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make this decision. So God, if you could go in front of me and like just pave the way. And that's the first time we involved God in the moment. But what if we step back and said, you know what? Actually, if, if the Lord wills, If the Lord allows, if the Lord lets me wake up tomorrow, because otherwise we just assume I have tomorrow. I have all the time in the world. This is why many of us have put off having hard conversations because we have so many tomorrows left. So many tomorrows left. Yesterday, it was interesting to hear as, as Paul's kids talked about just being able to share moments with Paul. I can't tell you the number of people who came up to me after the, after the service yesterday and said, you know, 
There was a person that, that passed away in my life, and I didn't get to tell them the things I wanted to tell them. Why? Because we think we have so many tomorrows left. We think they do. We don't live with this awareness that we actually don't control tomorrows. This is why James says, you know, the people he's talking about are saying, I'll, I'll go to this city and I'll do this and I'll do that and, and this will happen. He says, but it, none of that's actually in your control. You may not even make it to that city. <laughs> you may not even get there. And so wh what do we do? How do we actually make the most of our days? James tells us in verse 17. So it is a sin. It is a sin to know the good and yet not do it. So when you think, how do I make decisions? How do I find God's will for my life? The moment that you know the good to do, which is in all 31,000 verses of this book. So start there. <laughs> the moment you know the good to do and not do it, that's the sin. James says the, the way to make the most of our days, the way to find what the path that God has for us is to do the good we know to do. See, and again, I, I don't think God's will is this mystery that we're trying to find. I think you could probably have any number of jobs. You could work for any number of companies and be in God's will. There's lots of things that, that God has wired you to do and given you to do. There's lots of different ways that you can live that out. Again, my question is, are you doing the things that God has clearly articulated in his word And how does that fit in what you think God's plan is for your life? There's nothing about making disciples. If there's nothing about relationships, then again, I would say you have missed it. You know, and I think sometimes we, we get caught up in the kind of the granular things about God's will. Like, should I marry this person? Should I marry that person? Are they my perfect soulmate? You know, and, and here's, how, here's how we talk about God's will that actually puts us above God again, is because we think, oh, what if I marry the wrong person? You can't make a decision that will somehow spin God's universe off its axis, <laughs> okay? Like you, you can't take the wrong job and for God to be like, oh, there goes the whole earth. They're just like that. Like, you know, I, man. Because you're not above God. Now, you can make decisions that cause great harm, and you have, and others have as well, but you can't make a decision that just ruins God's plan for like the whole universe. You're not, you're not that important. You're not that powerful. I'm not, and that's a comfort. That's a comfort because I like the perfect plan and the perfect, perfect thing. But again, James wants us to get to the end of our life and say, to the best of my ability, I made the most of my days and did what God called me to do. And so, on your Connect card, um, there's a, a box that says, next step email. And so tomorrow, if you check that, we're gonna send you four questions that are gonna help you in how you make decisions and how you make the most of your days. Four questions. Because on, a, on kind of a bigger level, it's easy to think, yeah, I want to make the most of my days. I want to do what God calls me to. But then what do I do tomorrow when I'm sitting in that meeting? What do I do when 
my child asks this question or this person really tests me. <laughs> what do I do with that really big decision about taking this job or that job? How do I know? So again, I want us, there's comfort in knowing that God cares that we live full lives. He cares that we live full lives. He cares about the decisions that we make, but he also wants us to submit to his rule of the universe, that you aren't God. And so some of us, I think, as we get ready to take communion, Hannah's gonna come up and lead us through communion. Some of us maybe need to confess today, God, I have made some decisions outside of you, and I think I'm God. I know I've had to kind of step back a little bit and evaluate my heart in that. Maybe some of you, you know, just aren't making the most of your days. And so I'm gonna pray for us, and then Hannah's gonna lead us just through a time of just preparing our hearts for communion. If you haven't grabbed the communion elements yet, they're in the back of the, the auditorium. And so, Father, I thank you that you create us. You have woven into us passions, gifts, talents, things that you want us to do. Things that when we live those things out, bring the most glory to you and the most joy to us. And so, God, I pray that we would be a church, that we would be people that make the most of our days, that make the most investment into relationships that matter, into opportunities that matter, into things that have eternal purposes because we are just a mist. We are a vapor that will be here for one day and then gone the next. And so, Spirit, please, please teach us to number our days. In your name, amen.